You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. I am Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. It's Thursday of Michigan week. Notre Dame opened as a four-and-a-half-point underdog against Wolverines. That has switched to Notre Dame being a favorite. One point Saturday night. There is rain in the forecast. So that will add to the elements as Notre Dame tries to uh, add to their success here so far in the 2019 season and keep their national title hopes alive. I know that there's not much chance of them getting the playoffs, but I just did a thing this morning about this would be five years of the last six Heading into in November. which Brian yeah. Kelly has remained has had one loss or less going into November. So there's some significance to that. Um, guys, what, what are your thoughts on the, the line moving the way it did? Well, we thought the four and a half was a skew. Um, one and a half made sense, and I wanted one by Notre Dame would have made sense too. I, you know, this usually late money is dumb money, but also the smart money is early, and that went on there too. So all the money is going on Notre Dame at this point. Uh, either way, you want to have the spread one one and a half. I think would have made sense coming out. Um, I favor Notre Dame, so I don't think it's weird. And Michigan's much better at home than they are on the road, so you could definitely see uh, a slight underdog. I never at one we even talked about it. At no point did I think. They should be more than a field goal favorite over Notre Dame heading in. And as it turns out, I think most people now agree with that, whether we're right or not. I, I'm surprised. I, I thought that the line made more sense of like Notre Dame, or Michigan being favored by one and a half, two and a half, something like that. Like sort of less than a field goal. Yeah. Or, uh, right, right. Yeah. But Notre Dame being favored is a surprise because I, I think uh, the the great Tim Beret, um, former Clemson SID Notre Dame graduate, said tweeted out that the last eight Night games in this series, the home team is 8-0. I mean, that, that would sort of lead you to believe that uh, Michigan should be sort of a, a slight favorite in this game. Um, but I, I think I don't know if we talked about this on um, the Monday podcast or not. I mean, there are just so many dynamics. You look at Notre Dame and Michigan, see, see that Notre Dame is better. Um, but I, I've always sort of just like kind of I, I just have a dodgy feeling about Saturday night because just weird stuff happens there, which is like crap analysis but like i it's just a feeling that's hard to shake having been there so many times well sometimes analysis you know i mean when it comes to college football i mean you, you, right. you throw it out the window i mean that's just the nature of the game um illinois wisconsin being a, a perfect example this is different of course because the emotions are high on both sides and michigan absolutely needs a win um and you know Notre Dame's coming with with two weeks preparation no classes this week. They have a lot going for them. They're the better football team. I, you know, I don't think anybody is arguing who has the better body of work up to this point. Yeah. Um, but it has a, for me, having having lived the entire modern era of the Notre Dame-Michigan series, especially in Ann Arbor, it's difficult for me to just look at this and say, Notre Dame's better, so therefore they're going to win. Yeah, I, I, there's a couple of things on the board where like it's, you're giving me games of the past that don't mean anything. If they didn't mean anything, why does Notre Dame always, not always, why do they lose way more at Michigan than they win, whether they're better or worse or the same? Right. It, I, adri- I adri- Why does Notre Dame win more at home over Michigan, whether they're better or worse or the same? Why do people care about Notre Dame football at all? Yeah. The past. <laughs> it's just interesting. It really, it does matter in this game. It doesn't matter like when, let's say, Notre Dame goes to play NC State. They go, oh, the last two times they played there, they lost. And, you know, you spread up. Right. Like, this is... This happens time and again, and as I, that's why I wrote a story about the underdog rising up in this. Now, there's, this is an evenly matched game, but when the underdog rises up to win these games often, there's a reason, isn't right. there? Because normally the favorite wins football games. <laughs> Otherwise, Las Vegas would be a barren hole in the desert. Right. I address this in, in today's Thursday Thoughts, which as we speak right now I don't think is posted, but history 
maybe this is just a, what I thought was a clever phrase to use, but history is a pattern of behavior. And, and that's what, when you have a rivalry like this, there is a pattern of behavior, like you're saying. One team over the other at home. Um, you know, Michigan at night, which they rarely do, but they've never lost at home. Now you add the elements, the, the, the strong potential for rain. Um, it's dangerous. But what Nordham has going for them is they are the better football team. They have more cohesion. They have more chemistry. Uh, they protect the football better, which, well, which you know, again, is going, yeah, is going to be huge. Which <laughs> O'Malley's got some road stats here with, with turnovers that – when Nordame loses on the road, the turnover battle goes to the opposition. It's it's not even close. And in, you in, know, in, we'll start with ranked opponents because Michigan's a ranked foe, and they'll be around that no matter how the season plays out. This is Notre Dame's 0-11 losses when they lose against a ranked team on the road, 11 times, four wins. Here's a turnover differential, or here's Notre Dame's turnovers: three, two, two, three, five, three, one. The other team didn't commit one. That was Stanford with Kevin Hogan. Four three two, Georgia. When they win, four of them zero zero two and one, and the two is against Temple, who is a major underdog. So they don't even have to keep scoring the scoreboard; they just need to keep scoring. Uh, keep you know, track of man. It's the same in unranked teams too. Now, of course, to lose to an unranked team, Notre Dame should obviously commit a turnover. So I don't know how you want to yeah. skew that. You're going to turn the ball over if yeah. you lose to a worse team. It's not close. It is don't turn the ball over. Create a turnover on the road to win the game if you're Notre Dame. So, that, so or they'll so, turn it over loose. So we're we're being asked to ignore that kind of history, right? Right. That just doesn't make any sense. And it's by the way, unranked. He's only had six unranked losses, um, and in five of them, they lost the turnover battle. And there's the one outlier of everything, Brian Van Gorder, 2016 <laughs> Texas. He's right back at our podcast. He's but that's, back the, that's the only one. Um, yeah. If Notre Dame protects the ball, they're the better team, and they should beat Michigan, even at Michigan. They don't generally protect the ball at Michigan. Seven turnovers in the last two games. Speaking of protection, that was my topic uh, of discussion with Ian Book the other night, and you you uh, chimed in there with with Tony Jones and what what you did on him. Um, that is a concern. I, I think that's a concern. I, I know that I know that Book's been in these tough environments. I thought by and large he handled the Georgia environment pretty well and competed to the. To the very end. Well, the protection was was good in that game. Most the protection of the time. was yeah. good. Why is that a concern for you? Because I think um, we're talking about that they've I, turned it over four times all year, third nationally. No, no I'm, I'm just I'm concerned that on the road, in the rain, in this environment, Ian Book's not going to come through. Okay. That. that I mean, it's I, a question uh, later on, but that's yeah. Yeah, that's it's a good yeah. statement for the beginning of the uh, podcast. So you're sorry, you're you're I mean, playing I'm, a hunch on. I'm that. not. No, I'm not definitive. I don't mean to definitively yeah. state that he won't. I'm saying He's I look concern. at that. Yes, He's I look at that, and I'm I'm concerned about that. Yes. Okay. My skepticism is I, I think Notre Dame has the better. It doesn't matter who has better line it's when you're matching up against the other. So I think I like Notre Dame's defensive line against Michigan's offensive line. I would rather have Book than Patterson. I, right now, because of the way they were trending, I want to think that Notre Dame's offensive line will at least end the game with Michigan's defensive front seven. You say, good matchup, Notre Dame clawed it out. That's why they won the game and handled their business. If I'm completely wrong in analysis somewhere, I think it's there. I Maybe I'm giving too much credit to the recent surge of Notre Dame's offensive line versus a very good Michigan front seven, and a front seven that plays better at home as well. I think... Notre Dame's offensive line and tight ends, which is crucial, can play well in this game, but that might be where I'm just 
I'm just wrong. I mean, people can be wrong, too. We don't know our analysis. We found that out. But I don't... Am I giving them too much credit for their two-and-a-half-game stretch? And I, I throw Bowling Green in there because... Not, ag- the not against Virginia. I, I, but I... USC is just... I mean, come yeah. on. How USC can give up 300 yards rushing to anybody, you know, in Notre Dame when they're when they're not at peak, peak efficiency with right. their running game. I, I wrote a story this week thinking, I, I wrote the sentence, this is the second best defense Notre Dame has faced, and then I thought, well, wait a minute, maybe it's Virginia. And when you look at every metric, it is Virginia. But yeah. Michigan's right there, and Michigan's a better defense than USC, to your point. So it's one of the three best defenses, and in those games, you can get a little, yeah. little tough sledding at times. Yeah, I mean, I think the offense is kind of in for a slog. On Saturday, I don't think Michigan, like Michigan, is also in for a slog. Right. Um, right. You know, and I think the the elements it's like are sort of indicative of what the game was going to be like anyway, <laughs> which yeah, you know, which condenses the margin for error down. Like yeah. it's, you know, out of the game, this is a game where both teams would be in the twenties. Might be a game where both teams are in the teens. Yeah. Um, well, we, I, so all three of us love the under. So then, then it's like O'Malley's point about turnovers only become more important um, in a game where it's low scoring. So it's in a game where it's close, which they generally are with Michigan. Oh, there's no, there's no question. This is going to yeah. be a one score game. Yeah, and and I mean Notre Dame is infinitely more prepared for uh, the crowd and from the from the cadence standpoint. I mean, I know that we have a question. I well, we're slightly better prepared. Like, I, I really took issue with Brian Kelly's, like, well, I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. Like, well, you made that at Miami two years ago. So, like, I don't. <laughs> All I, right, three times. Yeah, I don't. I don't twice get, in the same yeah, year. Like, like, Ian Book played in that game. Like, I don't, I don't get <laughs> that, why you wouldn't. That was worse. Yeah. But, Although that was worse. But, but, but they are. Worse. But but we know that they have worked on this now for a considerable <laughs> amount of time. I would hope so. I know. <laughs> yeah. but that, that is one question where I think I, that better not be a problem. It's yeah. not a question of whether they should. Have or not? I'm just talking about. <laughs> they did. They did. They yes. they they did. They have prepared more. I think somebody on our board who seems to be somewhat locked in said that they they worked on cadence more than we know the, how much they worked on it for Georgia. I thought the opposite. I was told the opposite though. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that's contrary to what right, what right. we know. So we were told. I mean. <laughs> I guess Thursday. Like you need but to get started. Good, you need to get started on working on cadence before Friday. Yeah, before you get on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I, I probably wasn't. It that can't extreme. be like a oh crap! I forgot my cell phone power cord kind of thing. You <laughs> know, and I, I mean Brian Kelly's got this thing yeah. rolling now. But Just how in the world? We'll snap the ball. <laughs> how in the world could that happen? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you know. I mean, a week's preparation. We can't even imagine all the things that they're trying to prepare for in a week. It's it's ridiculous. How many variables that they're taking into consideration? But that's kind of a big one, and I don't. But anyway, that's 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 ancient history. We know, we know that they've worked on it more this time, and, and they'll be better prepared for that. And I'm not sure that you guys are probably going to hound me for this. I'm not sure that the Michigan environment's going to be like the Georgia environment. I, I don't. No, it won't. It, it won't be, be one of the best environments I've ever no, seen. No, right? but I mean, you talk about what year was it? Thirteen. I have a whole theory on this. I'm with you. All right, <laughs> hit me up. All right, 2011 was nuts. The the uh, Gary Gray game. The that, first night game. Ever. The first night game ever. The first night yeah. game ever. And I want people to remember this for September Notre Dame Michigan games because it help, it works both ways. Notre Dame's crowds are great at home against Michigan. Both programs think they can win the national title. There is nothing negative going on when they play in September. Right. In 13, it was the Notre Dame has opted out of this series, their chickens game. 
They retired Desmond Howard's number. The place was going ballistic. Yeah, they got a huge lead to start. Brian Kelly and Nick Martin and other players have all said, that's the loudest place I've ever been in my life. Brian Kelly and Nick Martin aren't likely to throw plaudits to Michigan very often. Right? Yeah. Fair. Undefeated teams. They thought they they gave Devin Gardner number 98, which couldn't have looked more ridiculous. <laughs> to run around in honor. <laughs> and yeah, like, oh, true. there were things that looked more ridiculous <laughs> yes, that's true. in that game. That, this crowd will be very good. See, but it's not going to be the Georgia undefeated Notre Dame coming in for the first time. You're not. You're going to get a very good crowd. Yeah. And if they get up on you early, it's going to get much worse. But I, I, it's not the same. I've been attending Notre Dame-Michigan games since the 80s, and I just don't remember the crowd being like that. Well, then. they were day games in the old stadium, too. Yeah, the, no, know, that's true. I, I just, I, Georgia is, no, Georgia is one of the classic great environments we're ever going to be in. Right. <laughs> it's going to be a good crowd. It's not like you, you, you're not going to have any, like, you're probably going to have a false start because of the crowd in the game. That's fine. But you don't, you can't get yeah. past, you got to get past that. They one have, false start, whatever. They have know. false starts at home. Yeah. I mean, I also think, happen, yeah, I also think you can, I mean, this is a crowd that can be pretty easily turned under yes. the circumstances. Georgia wasn't getting turned. No, they weren't going, no, not at that stage of the season. But, I mean, where Michigan is, if this starts going south for Michigan, you can see that crowd yes. moaning more than cheering and, and being very disgruntled. It and is, not. It's really one of the unique dynamics in this series because this game is never at this time of year. Yeah. Um, and Ever. You know, so it's like there never are, had, there are never some weird been. dynamics with Michigan football that yeah. I agree with you. It's, it's I think it will tamp down um, the noise on Saturday night more than it would elevate it. Now, obviously, if they get a 10 nothing lead, all bets are off. Yeah, then it's just a big home game. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's not like at the end of the year if they're up on Ohio State, it'd be like, well, we <laughs> lost to Penn State in Wisconsin, so I'm going to sit on my hands. And I think, like, ultimately, uh, the fans are like the players. It's like, and I think we spent time on Monday talking about, or at least I did, about... You know, Michigan being demoralized, having lost twice with the loss to Penn State. Michigan's playing Notre Dame, man. I mean, they're going to be the players are going to be ready yeah, to play, yeah. and if the if they if the players give the fans anything to cheer about, they're going to be in it as if Michigan were undefeated. So I, I don't. But can the crowd be turned at some point in that game? Definitely because of what's transpired prior to this. Segment two coming up: burning up the boards. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Burning up the board, segment two, we start with a question from M. Solner. How big of an advantage is it for the team to be out of school this week? Something that will truly make a positive impact on the game or something not likely to really impact how Notre Dame plays? I think it's significant. I don't know if it's – I think it's less significant than Michigan having to play at Penn State last week, though. Um, you know, it's the, the two biggest – that's the biggest intangible to me is Michigan having to play and Notre Dame not. Um, the, 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 yeah. the fall break part of it is I, irrelevant. It's, it's not like they're gonna. It's not like the players were practicing for eighty hours this week. It's better than if they had midterms, of course. Yeah, be it's way better. They, than might be, they, yeah. they certainly. I mean, they certainly caught up on some sleep. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it helps. The bye week helps the most. Um, <laughs> they started last week on Michigan. It's, that helps a lot. They're, they should be locked in for this game. But they also probably caught up on their late night. 
shenanigans too. That's true. Last week, you would think that would be the time to do it, right? We go home. Went home. For yeah, 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 yeah. They went home. But for I mean, nights. you don't you don't have to go to class, so you're no, probably you're staying up later and you're not. Good things. I don't want. I don't want to overanalyze it, but I agree with you, Pete. That at Penn State at night. That's the thing. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the the, the bigger thing. But a, a football game never comes down to one thing. It comes down to turnovers. Du- cut, well, <laughs> in this it's, yeah. I wrote a story about that. But there, <laughs> follow the narrative, yes. will you? Now there are dozens, and there's so many factors involved in the outcome of a football game with so many moving parts. And those are, you know, at Penn State, one of them, and week off, no class, that's another one. Stewfish 0 How has one close loss to Penn State completely changed the feeling of the predicted outcome by Tim, Tim, and Pete? Sure sounded like three predicted losses on Monday. Notre Dame just seems like the better team with the better coaches. I, I, I didn't really change anything. It would, have, it would have changed if they had lost to Penn State like they lost to Wisconsin. If that had happened, that really would have changed where I felt how I felt about Michigan. The fact that they lost close to Penn State, I mean, even if they had beaten Penn State, I think I would feel the same way about Michigan as I do now, that this is like a really tricky game for Notre Dame. Um, I agree with what Stu Fish is saying, that Notre Dame is just seems like the better team and with better coaching. Like, I think Don Brown is excellent. Um, Josh Gaddis is not. And then Clark Lee and Chip Long, I think, both are really, really outstanding. So yeah, I think I think Don Brown is aggressive to a fault, uh, you know, at times. Um, did any of you guys say that the second half of Penn State influenced how we felt about the Notre Dame Michigan game? I, no, I know I didn't I, say that. I said I thought Shea Patterson played his best game coming back in defeat, including any front runner game where he had good stats last year. That would be one thing I said yeah. about. Well, I think the absence of a second half would have made it a game like Wisconsin. Yeah, and that, and yeah. so I guess if that's where Stu Fish is going with it, I I think he's probably right. Well, I, and, yeah, I just. And I said that Don Brown was wrong in putting Metellus on Hamler and getting burned by it. I, you know, we throw out a lot of a, a lot of details. I picked Michigan to beat Notre Dame in the preseason, so there was it wasn't it wasn't a second half thing against Penn State. I agree with you, Pete. That you know, had that game ultimately transpired like the Wisconsin game did, well, then you'd feel differently about it. Michigan at home at night, their program. I, I know they're struggling. We all know that Notre Dame is in a better spot right now, and that they're a better team. But that's not how games always figure out. An excellent question uh, name from Need a Turnover. Nice. He knows it. Really (laughs) on brand with O'Malley's writing today. Uh, The spread has shifted from minus four Michigan to minus one Notre Dame. It seems the betting public has more confidence than you guys. What do you make of that? Also, your thoughts on over-under of 51. And You know, the the number, well, first of all, the over-under. I mean, I'm thinking thinking under, but... I'm also thinking something crazy is going to happen, and it's just going to kind of be an exchange of points for for a period of time during the game. I agree with you that I can't pick the over, but I can easily see it going over. Right, I, I, it's either under or don't. Yeah, no, that's exactly that how I feel. That's exactly I how I feel about that. The fact that Notre Dame's gone from a four point underdog to a one point favorite makes me feel a lot better about Notre Dame. There's no doubt. Those are, you know, these are some people that make a living by influencing that line, and so that makes you feel a lot better about Notre Dame. I I feel very strongly that it will be under, much less so than I do about the outcome or who covers. Oh, okay. The, so un, you, the you under... You would actually bet that one if you had to bet one. Yeah, if I was betting money on this game, the fir, I would, I would only put it on the under. Okay. 
with with, with four choices, that would be your yes. choice. Uh, Terry Benedict asked, do you see this thing being a seven-point game or a 17-point game? Neither, as my prediction will reveal later in this podcast. <laughs> cool. Interesting. I'll wait. Uh, I think maybe well, means, seven, seven-ish, yeah, I yeah. think, is maybe what. Maybe he means the tenor of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Notre Dame will not get up like they did against USC in that 17-point range. So I guess I think I see it as a seven-point game, a seven to... I think I don't yeah, know. I, don't, I, I don't. never have watched a Notre Dame Michigan game with the. Here's how cautious I am Notre Dame Michigan. In 2014, I thought, man, Notre Dame's going to beat this team. I am positive of that. Seven point win <laughs> because Michigan is right. just. I have right. seen enough Notre Dame Michigan. I was certain that's the most certain I have been watching Notre Dame Michigan, other than the other way in 2007. Yeah. That there was no doubt in my mind they're going to win, and I still have to predict a seven point win. And it just felt like I was. Stepping out on the Notre Michigan rivalry for doing that. Uh, so I, I would say closer to seven point game. I will say I like to do this when we when Notre Dame's a big underdog. I don't think we did it for Georgia. We did it for Florida State a few years ago. Most likely things. There's four. Notre Dame wins close. Michigan wins close. Notre Dame wins in a blowout. Michigan wins in a blowout. I do not think Michigan will win in a blowout. If you have to completely eliminate one, like when they played Florida State, you thought, well. What's that, number two, probably? Florida State wins in a blowout? Yeah. Going back down there in 2014? Yeah. You know, probably wins close. Blowout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Michigan winning in a blowout would be the, would definitely be the biggest surprise for me of those four outcomes. And, uh, then, and, then, Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame winning in a blowout would be your second, second, second lead, and least likely to. 17 points. You're, uh, Samson, you're concerning me about your prediction now because I think I got, you know, like I'm pretty clever with my prediction tomorrow. <laughs> now I'm concerned that you're going to say, Something along those lines. But we'll find out here at the end. Uh, ND Fan IRAA. Will the team, especially the offensive line, be ready for the crowd noise? I guess we kind of addressed that in the, in the first segment. You know, maybe we, I don't – have no? we made enough? No, we probably did a – we, oh. we addressed it. I'm just um, – just on a micro level, Lee Meikenberg has kind of struggled in these spots before. Yes, yes. Um, And I realize it's not Chase Vinovich and Rayshon Gary anymore, but I – that's – we were talking about before we hit record about you know players that you don't trust or concern you the most. I think I think Liam Liam Meikenberg has not quite shown that he's going to be locked into this kind of game before. So that's that's something that's a little. Bit I concerning. agree. I think we in on Monday we talked about Josh Uche, which is the proper pronunciation, <laughs> um, and. Generally speaking, I mean, I can't speak for every time he's come off the edge, but I think generally speaking, he'll be coming off of Robert Hainsey's side. Um, so he's better prepared yes. than, than a Liam Eikenberg. Uh, but you've got guys like, you know, Quiddy Pate. And, and this is what, what Michigan does, they kind of overwhelm you into making decisions at the line of scrimmage upon yeah. the snap of the football. I think Liam Eikenberg has been at least arguably, but I will just say he has been their best run blocker this year. But I still feel the same way as Pete, that atmosphere, pass protection, false start, losing your, losing your mind with a personal foul that took away a great right drive. Right at the start of the game. Um, I really like him as a run blocker. I think they're going to keep running yeah. Kramer pulling that way and Banks. And But, uh, yeah, that's a good call on what what little thing goes into the game that you don't think ahead of time, Liam Eikenberg's yeah. mental state. Philly Hilly 93, how much do you think the Georgia game experience will prepare Notre Dame for this one? Uh, I mean, I, I, a lot. But I think I think everything that happened in, in the aftermath of Miami 
2017 up until Georgia prepared them very much. So, I mean, just in terms of just being overwhelmed by the crowd, I don't, I don't that's not going to happen to Notre Dame. I hope Notre Dame doesn't have many false starts and wins this game so I can find out what happened to Georgia. Because if it happens again, they're never going to tell us. But if they have no false starts and win the game, we can just open up questions to all of them. So what was better? What did you guys do wrong at Georgia? And they, even Brian Kelly will tell us what the difference was. If they lose this game and they have false starts, we're never going to find out for the rest of our lives. I don't understand how you can have that many. For the rest of our lives. <laughs> Cole Komet had three false starts. Was that all and cadence? should have had more. Was that all cadence or was he just rusty? Is it both? You know? They're, uh, he's farther away from the line. That's probably a combination of things also. That, yeah. will ha- that will not happen tonight. Cole Komet. It's not going to react the same way, so he is better prepared. I Maybe Liam Eikenberg is better prepared because he's been drilled down by Jeff Quinn. Look what you did last time. This is what you have to act like as a, as a senior. You know, like, they need him to... He's not a first-time starter. He can't keep doing that. At Blacksburg last year, when he was all geeked up, I would have been like, yeah, he'll probably have some false starts in a personal file. He's already fired up. you got to just go play and handle your business yeah. right now. I'm sick of talking about Georgia anyway. Yeah, I know. Way to go, K-Man. Over Michigan's last nine games, they've been blown out three times and have given up 62, 41, and 35 points in that span. What has been the key to breaking down Don Brown's defense in those games? I don't – this is I mean, this is going to be an oversimplification, but it's making him pay for his over-aggressiveness, and I think there are a couple ways to do that. I think if you can, if you can get the football outside of the hash marks against this defense, you're going to have a lot of success. Wisconsin – Yes, Wisconsin gashed the hell out of them up the middle, but they also kicked their ass outside of the tackles. And I, you know, I mean, think about, and, I, and it, it, that part reminds me of USC. Think about the game deciding winning touchdown Tony Jones against USC last year. If Nordin wins this game or it has a big play, that it's going to be something along those lines. I don't know that that necessarily answers the question, but. I mean, when you give up 62 points like the Michigan did last year, you, you're, you've caved in. It's something beyond X's and O's at that point. I will tell you one thing about that game, having watched it in my glory in the Los Angeles hotel room. Wasn't that, it was fun. Wasn't that just, <laughs> just weird to me watching it? Wasn't that just delightful? Other than Clemson, Ohio State would have put 62 points up on people that day if they had the same attitude they had against Michigan. They would have beaten Alabama, now it's 62, and they would have scored 62 points on everybody. Yeah, That was a show of athletic talent and hatred for your opponent that couldn't stop talking. I mean, obviously they did it. Michigan made it different for them. That was something else. You're not going to see that again. Uh, The Wisconsin thing is very impressive to me. They were able to do that against Michigan, and if Notre Dame can get to 35 points, then the question by Terry Benedict is going to be the 17-point game. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Because Michigan's not getting that. Michigan's yeah. not going to break Clark Lee's thirty-point streak. No, and um, that's why I think the Michigan blowout is the least likely. No, I totally. I mean, I, sure. I totally agree with you there. This is I, that's why I, I I like Notre Dame's matchup of their defense against against Michigan's offense. And forty-one points, just to throw it out there. Uh, if Chase Winovich and Devin Bush decide not to play before the game, you tend to give up more points too. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. If throw, your team quits, the Florida game. I was yeah, like, no. is yeah, the other yeah. ones are relevant, yeah, like, yeah. especially Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from longtime Irish Illustrated listener and fan, Tom Mendoza. Yes, that Tom Mendoza. Uh, if Notre Dame wins, which three Notre Dame players are we talking about on Sunday? Um, Ian Book, for sure, because you can't get out of a, a Notre Dame win without talking about the quarterback. Kyle Hamilton would help. And then uh, go 
Owusu Kormoa. Those are my three. Pete's are more fun than mine. And I said I would want to, I would want to talk about Georgia. That's a rarity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would want to talk about Georgia, but I'm going to do it again. The same three guys had they beaten Georgia. Ian Book, Cole Komet, and Chase Claypool. Ian Book. Cole Komet and Chase Claypool. Notre Dame gets to 30 points. They win the game. Wait a minute. Higher scoring than we thought. Let, and... let me answer the question first because those are the three that I was going to say. <laughs> not as fun then, right? No. Not as, no <laughs> Hamilton not... is the most fun by far. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw Jacoby. It's been a while since he had a pick yeah. six. I mean, that one's good, and I, and I think I I think um, you know I, I I because I love the matchup of Notre Dame's defense against their offense. I think that there's a I think there's a mismatch to be found in the pass rush. I didn't know which guy to use. Would have someone's gonna have a good day for Notre Dame. I used to just say default to Aquara, but maybe it's Jameer Jones. Makes more plays. Yeah. Than yes. <laughs> Jameer, being in there. Jameer, Jameer Jones has played a minute, and he's got four yeah. tackles for loss and three sacks. What? What are they doing, sitting on this guy, and not playing him? He might even play against Navy. I, I, I know it's a knee-jerk reaction, but Jones. I, but, but, I don't even want to say. I don't even want to say about Dalen Hayes and him. I don't even want to say that. Never mind. Uh, other teams are smart enough not to block Dalen Hayes with a running back. <laughs> I don't know why teams have not figured this out about Shamir Jones yet. Figure that out soon. Uh, I have a question from I hate Bo, which is uh, which Notre Dame player should we trust the least this weekend? Um, well, I mean, I mentioned Liam Meikenberg earlier, but I, Jonathan Dore is not going to go through the season uh, as an automatic kicker, and so I would just like to have a few reservations going into Saturday night about him. Cause for pause too. Kicker missing in Ann Arbor. Mine, I think he's played probably better than he gets credit for, but still keeps giving up big plays, whether the throws are great or not, or the catches are great or not. I can see Troy Pride not having a great night in Ann Arbor, and every time Notre Dame goes to Ann Arbor, there's some wide receiver on Michigan that breaks out. From Jeremy Gallon to, well, I don't want to say Desmond Howard because it's pretty obvious, but I mean, yeah. it's, I, I, Troy Pride needs to have his best game of the year. Now, you know, I, I, I like your picks. I don't want to. I mean, my concern for, for Ian Book is all the decision-making that has to go on against their defensive approach on a play-by-play-by-play-by-play basis. He certainly has the hardest job. That well, he does. Followed by pride, and then Dora has to make a yeah. couple picks. And I, can, I think Eikenberg is a good, you know, I mean, I, I think those are all the guys that, uh, let's put it this way, if those guys play well, they're, they're going uh, to be in pretty good shape. Tool 1934, which coordinator needs to have his best call game of the season, long or late? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. Um, I probably I go with Long on this one because I, I think Clark's just like you know what you're going to get. Like, is he going to have a, a better game than he had against um, Virginia in the second Virginia half? Virginia in the second half or Georgia? Georgia, I thought they were excellent. Um, you know, they completely reinvented their game against US or their their game plan against USC. They installed a defense they had never run before and did it pretty effectively. For three quarters of the game, um, Chip Chip has not really delivered in a big game to me. Um, he's delivered in the way that Brian Kelly delivered against Florida State, where it's like, okay, they're better than us. How do I sort of minimize and they play a little bit complimentary football? Um, Chip has not gone out there and just put it on somebody who's good. I think Chip Long, the first half last year against Don Brown, handed him his lunch and then had it handed right back in his face yes. in the second half. Uh, I would go Long because of the 60 minutes against Don Brown, and, and Michigan's defense is better than their offense. Like, Clark Lee can just call a Clark Lee game, is how I feel about Notre Dame's defense in this game, and they will 
they will do okay against Michigan if yep. you just go play your game. I think Long's going to have to come up with some stuff, and it's not going to be all game long. There's going to be give and take. There's going to be the message boards are going to destroy Chip Long Twitter. <laughs> a lot uh, of stuff. You, you got a stuffs. lot of stuffs. There were 23 stuffs by Michigan last year in that great game by Notre Dame. 23 stuffs. And Notre Dame played an awful good game offensively, right? Or in the first half, they played a great yeah. game. Does it matter that Michigan's giving up 283 yards per game? I just want I want it. 283 yeah. yards per game. It's a harder. He's got a harder it's job. It's going to be. Long. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I don't even think there's a decision with this question. It's definitely Chip Long, because I think, you know, you've look. You just ran for 300 yards against USC, so you want to be able to line up and pound them. But it's difficult to do that against Michigan. So you have to, you have to find, you have to find some success outside the hash, while still balancing the ability to to what. I mean, what Wisconsin did against them inside. So you want to be able to do that. You've got to try to take advantage of press coverage. You've got to try to take advantage of safeties that are vulnerable. I, I think it's totally on Chip Long. It's a huge, huge game. I think Clark Lee will be just fine in this game. Chris, Clark Lee calls his best game. Michigan will get about seven points, though. That could help, too. Yeah. But I agree with the Chip Long thing. Just, there's so much going on with Long. Brown's harder to handle. Their D is harder to handle. BWAC 29, who will have the biggest positive impact for Notre Dame this week, regardless of a win or loss? Who's going to have a good game? Uh, I don't I mean, can we go back to Chip Long? <laughs> well, brought, that's it. I mean, who will have the biggest lose? He might not have a positive impact on the game. Right. Saying, who will have the oh, biggest big impact. positive yeah. impact? Oh, it's an impact. You're yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, biggest positive. positive I'm just impact. saying biggest, biggest positive impact. impact. Positive impact. Um, who do you trust is basically. Uh, I'm Cole Komet. Yeah, that's a pretty known quantity there. Right? You can um, trust Cole Komet, right? Yeah, I would think so. I'm looking more at the defense, and I'm saying it's a big Okwara day. Okwara Kareem, I think both. Right, 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 well. right. Yeah, yeah it's, a big, it's a big DN day because I think Notre Dame has an advantage there. Uh, I think both will play well. Maybe even Jameer Jones and Hanegun Deji, too. Um, I'm kind of looking at that side of the ball there uh, with the question. Hey, I want to add, go, jumping back to the previous, and I said 283. Notre Dame had a little over 300 yards against Michigan last year. 131 came in the last three and a half quarters. So, I mean, remember the first oh, two? No, that, that all great. of it came in the first two That's drives. I said Chip Long handed him his lunch early because that won the game. But no he, doubt. He but 100, uh, yeah. 130 yards over the course of three and a half quarters. Now, Brandon Wimbush was your quarterback. And your 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 hands are tied a little bit more uh, with him than you than you oh, are sure. with with book. Yeah. There's no doubt. But um, yeah. Anyway, back to the question. DNs. Wash ND. If you had a choice, would you rather have Ian Book or Shea Patterson? Notre Dame's offensive line or Michigan's offensive line? Notre Dame's defensive line or Michigan's defensive line? It's kind of one of those questions where like, damn it, then I have to pick Notre Dame because <laughs> um, it's Notre Dame for all three. There's no doubt about that, is yeah. it? Yeah, Notre Dame for all three, but the real question <laughs> is Notre Dame's offensive line versus Michigan's defensive line and Notre Dame's defensive line versus Michigan's True. offensive line, obviously. But as I said, I think the offensive line for the Irish is trending exactly where they should be right now, and if I'm wrong, uh, my pick's going to be wrong. Michigan's way to win this game is to handle Notre Dame's offensive line because then you are in a really low-scoring game. Against Georgia... When I thought the Lions played well in one facet and didn't try to run, Notre Dame had two touchdown drives. One was eight yards, and it took four plays. This is illustrating something. Two touchdown drives. Against USC, they had three good touchdown drives. Against Virginia, they had four, and one was eight yards, mm-hmm. and it took two plays. 
They're a three-touchdown scoring offense right now. They better get to three. Right? They better get to three. Otherwise, this is a, a really, yeah, really, get, really rough quarter. If they get quarter. to three, I think. Because they'll be field goals. I mean, they're not, a, they're yeah, not yeah. only. Right. Yeah, they, got it. they better get to three again. And a huge, huge advantage in the red zone for Notre Dame, at least statistically going into this game. I do think Georgia's defense, people are forgetting about Georgia. Georgia's defense is better than Michigan's. They are, in every statistical category, they're better by far, but I just think they're better also. I think Georgia's defense is better than Michigan's. They, yeah. I, yeah, I, take, I broke it all down. They're not yeah. really that close. I mean, scoring defense. Their, their corners were not as good. Georgia's ranked, here's the like 10 most important categories you can have, just think in your head. Georgia's 4th, 6th, 8th, 6th, ninth. Third, fourteenth, turnovers gained. They're seventy sixth, thirty fifth. I mean, yeah. Well, when you're that good, when you're that good, you can afford to give away the turnovers yeah. gained. It's just they're really good. Yeah. yeah. What it comes what it comes down to is is Michigan's D going to be better at Michigan in the rain at night better than Virginia was against Notre Dame? That's probably going to be the case. I think right. Jim underscore Booney underscore CRS. What's more likely to happen? Three design plays for Braden Lindsay or 12 touches for Jafar Armstrong? Mm, I'll Lindsay. I'd go with Lindsay on that one. Really? I design plays. They don't have to work. You're saying it. It's not like three yeah. big plays. That I would hope there's three design plays for Braden Lindsay because I am on board with the, you know how at the beginning of the year everybody's like, oh, Braden Lindsay's the breakout player of the year. We said, oh, eight catches. I'm on board. He needs three plays designed for him in this one to take a shot one-on-one. Yeah. To do a jet sweep, whether it's a fake to Braden Lindsay and throw to Komet is fine. That's a design play because of Braden Lindsay. Right. Yeah, an incomplete pass to Braden Lindsay is a design. Okay. Yeah, to um, I like that, and I just don't know what's. I hope Javar Armstrong gets twelve touches too, but Tony Jones better get fifteen touches the way he's playing, right? Yes. Yeah, but if he but if he's bottled up and he you know he's playing one of his games where he's he's moving at a four point six five pace as opposed to a four point five five, which is what he moved at USC. Of course, he had a lot of room to, to maneuver there. I don't know. Do you know something about Jafar Armstrong? I mean, he should be ready to roll, shouldn't he? He should be ready to roll. Yeah. Okay. Should be. I'm just saying what's more. Like, they both could happen. I just think that Lindsay is more likely to happen. I think Chip Long would have a good day if both happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no okay. really I, nice I'm going gonna, gonna to say Jafar Armstrong 12 touches. I'm going to say Cole Komet, 10 targets. D- does a, Not even the question. Does a, does, a poorly, does a poorly executed screen pass off his fingertips count as a touch? Yes. Okay. Well, you're talking about Lindsay or Armstrong. Okay. Armstrong. Okay. It could be either one. Armstrong. Yeah. Armstrong. The turf is the intended target on half of those. Yeah. Not Jay Tafel. How does Notre Dame's O-line match up against Michigan's D-line? Do you see a USC-type performance by Notre Dame's offensive line? If so, which is the most favorable matchup for Notre Dame? I don't see that type of performance. I'm basing my entire game on Notre Dame's O-line being at least a draw with Michigan's front seven. And, and Komet. I don't see how. They're not going to run for 200 yards, let alone 300. No. They're I mean, gonna, they're not playing a hobbled Christian Rector. Like can't move. And then, so many podcasts. And then a freshman defensive end. <laughs> I didn't bring them up. Yeah. Um, I didn't say anything. You know, and then those two defensive tackles just got their lunch handed to them. By Notre Dame, so I, I don't think any of those things are going to happen. I if if I agree with what O'Malley's saying, if Notre Dame's offensive line plays Michigan's sort of front seven to a draw, that's a win for Notre Dame. Yeah, because last year's impossible to figure out. I guess Notre Dame's offensive line because they produced two touchdowns early and another one won the battle, but Michigan's defensive line stopped them from doing anything in the second half. So it's a really who won that? I guess Notre Dame because yeah, they were able to get three touchdowns on Michigan, but that's it. 
This I, offensive line is better than that offensive line, and Michigan's defensive line is worse. Uh, well, yeah, yes. certainly because yeah, they don't right, they right, don't yeah. have their big pass rushers. I like Aiden Hutchinson. I like Quiddy Pay. I like what Carlo Kemp does as kind of a guy burrowing in there, a, bit, a bigger body. I love Oche. We talked about him. Michael Dano's done some good things. I think it's more with, with Michigan. It's more scheme. The scheme concerns you more maybe than the actual personnel itself. I still like the personnel. It's just Winovich was impossible to block. Yeah, moving. it was. I mean. He was an ideal college player at that point last year. He was a real. He was a complete game wrecker. He's a clown too. Oh, he was, but he was. He was. <laughs> I, I like he's glad, good. Yeah, I was I, glad Bars I, punched I, him, but he's yeah. good, man. Yeah, <laughs> as an entertainer, huge fan of that guy. <laughs> CMU Pens fan Michael Young physically appears healthy. Why, other than his injury, do you think he has not taken the next step forward at wide receiver that seemed so possible after Culver the last two years? Have they? Have they given him any real opportunities other than, you know, like a, a quick out pass, which has no chance of succeeding? I mean, I'm not really sure if, you know, I mean, that's what's in my mind the last couple of games. that I don't really know that he's been accentuated enough to succeed. Then again, maybe he's not open, and so you don't throw throw the football to him. I think injury's won. He just lost <laughs> the first half of his year yeah. to injury, kind of. So I, I have trouble rating. I will we'll know more about Michael Young after this game. He should make a play against Michigan. Please give him one Northwestern style deep shot. Yeah, one. I agree with yeah. that. I agree. You, you got to find a way to get him involved, and if they don't, I mean, Lindsey better be getting three to five touches, right? Yeah. And Keys is coming back. Remember, Keys played a pretty good game at Georgia for the considering what was going on there. I mean, he caught a twenty-eight yarder down the seam to set up a touchdown. He was involved. Yeah, he was trending, and then that's when he came yeah. up with the foot injury, and one of those three has to have a role yeah. in this game. Yeah. Irish, I was tailgating. Given the matchups on both sides of the ball, is Notre Dame capable of embarrassing Michigan like they did in 2014 or like Wisconsin did this year? Capable? I, I, would, know, I say no. I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to play a word game here. Capable? I, I mean, maybe they're. Cap- I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, 14's out the window because Michigan didn't have a quarterback in the game. Yeah, I mean, they were terrible. They're a terrible team. And it was at Notre Dame at night, and it was crazy. And you know what? Night games on the road, sometimes teams have really good crowds. Speaking of good crowds, Notre Dame 2014 Michigan, that was some hatred. They did a good job. Yeah, no, and, and as far as Wisconsin, I mean, that was a, that was at Wisconsin. I, I just, no, I, I don't I don't see that. All right, how's this? Could Notre Dame, remember the Gary Gray game was 24-7, and they just looked much better than Michigan, and they bottled up Denard Robinson, and then all hell broke loose? Could Notre Dame ever be in that situation this game? Could they blow a 24-7 lead? Could they go up 24-7 and just win 27-10? And people who think they handled Michigan will be absolutely right. Like, could that uh, come about I mean, game? they were up, were they up 20-3 on USC? Yeah, yeah. And kind of, right, kind of blew, blew it, it yeah. but then got it back in. I just don't, I don't see Michigan, considering in the opener last year, in the first half of the first quarter, Notre Dame exploded on them. I just I just don't see Michigan having that kind of give right out of the gate. Plus, that's different. A fourteen nothing lead and a twenty seven ten final is not the same as the embarrassments he's talking about. I mean, yeah. they just learning. Both Michigan got destroyed in those two games. That I don't think Michigan's getting destroyed. No, no, I, I just I don't, don't think Michigan will get totally destroyed at home against Ohio State. I have to lose. Uh, I have to lose. It's a home game. It's a tough. Yeah, it's a again, tough. both those examples are Michigan on the road. Yeah. 
Golden Domer 73, do you see Chip Long finally being able to utilize Jafar Armstrong and Tony Jones in the manner in which he wanted the direction of the offense to go when the year started? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, just for, like, personal curiosity, I hope so. (laughs) We're talking about the two-back set. God, we spent a lot of time talking about something hey, that they, they is never... They needed it in Louisville. It's like, it was great. <laughs> it's like on par with, like, is the Trader Joe's coming to South Bend? Like, just this ongoing conversation that never actually what, happens. You, did, you, didn't, you didn't enjoy the, the two-back set for five plays yes. in a Louisville game? I yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. They looked great. You know, I think this is the perfect time for that to be... Completely unveiled. It's I think. I think. Yeah. A, a, it's sandbagging the, for two years. A, it's the way to attack Michigan's defense, and B, I mean, it's something that Chip Long has wanted to do from the very outset since he got here in 2017. I'm giving he, up on the Armstrong era of 2019 if he doesn't play a big role tomorrow yeah. <laughs> or Saturday. Excuse me. It's he's got to he's got to be involved at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. Come on back. <laughs> that's why. That's why twelve touches. I, I just yeah. he's he's he should be ready to hit the hit the ground running. Doc Irish. If Notre Dame wins, does Notre Dame get credit for beating a top tier program on the road, or is it excused as Notre Dame beating a mediocre downward trending Michigan team? I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, you I don't. You're not going to hear any of us say, "Oh, well, Michigan's down and they were they're mediocre," because we understand that it's Michigan right. and it's a rush. So you're not going to hear. You know, we're, we're kind of getting accused that we're downplaying Notre Dame here. We won't downplay a, a, a big win by Notre Dame over Michigan. So we get da- accused of downplaying Notre Dame before Michigan game, but we get accused of hyping up Notre Dame for beating USC rival at home. But so Brian Kelly's 2-10 two, two on the road against ranked teams. If he's 3-10, and ten, that would be that's, that's big. This would be a huge win. I and, mean, it's and, like, in the, and like if, even if Michigan finishes 6-6, six and six, I'm not going to view that in the same way that Absolutely I they retroactively not. view Virginia Tech, who are like, oh, actually, they kind of stunk. Yeah, that's the Virginia Tech would be different. Than like, ah, eh, Virginia Tech's not. They already good. lost Old Dominion. For Michigan, I do, Michigan, I I just do not care how they finish if Notre Dame wins. It will be significant, right? And so I I kind of get the feeling that this question is asked about how the national media will react. It, it definitely is, and it just doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. If you want to get pissed off about it, get pissed off about it, but it doesn't much, matter. There's just too much damn national media. Like, somebody will write this story that Doc Irish is talking about, but... Yeah, you're right about that. It's just impossible. Not everyone's going to write the same damn thing. You know, I will say this about uh, past great Notre Dame teams. You're not going to go back and look at every team Lou Holtz beat and see they won all the rest of their games. It doesn't. Right? It doesn't work that way. You just beat a team, and they were ranked at the time, or they became ranked later, or whatever. If you beat the 17th ranked team... Out there in November or in late 19. October, it's a good job. You did a good job. Doesn't matter what happens the rest of the way. Or the state beat undefeated number nine Notre Dame. They never won again. Beating, <laughs> beating, beating Michigan in any way under these circumstances at Michigan is a significant win. End of story. Yeah. Yes. I mean, just to, not to belabor this, but it's particularly important if, if Notre Dame wants to make the playoff. To beat a team that also plays another playoff team, Ohio State, at the end of the year, where you have some like like for like comparisons, because that game is also in Ann Arbor. There's just a lot of similarities between that. You'll be able to sort of tangentially compare yourself to Ohio State if you win, right? (laughs) Because Ohio State will win. Yes, that is true. I wasn't saying Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. I was saying they might not get. I, I did not say that. I was saying they might not get lit up. Yeah, we'll see. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, T- TDISU19, could you comment on reports of, from Florida State site regarding Brian Kelly being high on their wish list? Could you see a place like that 
being of interest to him. What's the site? I don't know. know. Okay, just a, a a site. Well, I mean, we've we you've heard this this week, right? Yeah, I just I didn't know where. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is it on an actual site or was it? I don't know. In our my answer to the question (laughs) is that it doesn't matter what the site is. I'm going to work here because I don't. Yeah, I I don't. I don't think he would leave Notre Dame to go to Florida State. I don't think there's any way that he would leave. uh, I've mentioned this on a podcast that Brian Kelly is actively negotiating for a contract extension. Right. Yes, so you have. Right. So is that so? So that's who what is, you got. So we have. So so, it so wasn't, now you know why. This, yeah. These type of things come out. No, it's happened before. Where where his camp has. I mean, how do I say it? I you know, I mean, his camp is negotiated. Been, yeah, I mean, hasn't leveraged. been afraid. Hasn't been afraid of 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 allowing that information to filter out there. Yeah. It should have leaked. He's not going. He's not USC. I mean, he's State. not going to leave Notre Dame for Florida State. No. Last question. RB Irish 09. How can a program win so many games and yet so few <laughs> national titles? I like that you put that in there. I, it doesn't. I, who's he talking about? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking about history. You know what he's talking about. Well, it's a, it is. It's a. It's a great question, and it's, it's. It's certainly a legitimate question. Michigan's won more games than anybody else, and they don't win too many damn national titles now, do they? No, I think it was Joel Klatt said this today. It's like people are holding uh, Michigan to sort of a ridiculous standard because historically they're they're not a national title contender. They're not a team that's going eleven and one or twelve and zero. They're a team that goes ten and two and nine and three a lot. Um, and that's that's just what Notre Dame is, or I'm sorry, what Michigan is. Like that's that's who they are. Um, you know, it's like Bo Schimbucker's Rose Bowl record is like. Three and ten, or three and eight, or something. Yeah, like, it was bad. Just not you know, good. I think a, I think a lot of it has to do with style of offense through the years. I, I think that Michigan's always kind of been a step behind. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, not that Notre Dame was you know cutting edge during the Lou Holtz era with his offense, no, but they had the best but players. they did, but they did but they what they did they did incredibly well. Um, and Michigan was really good during that era too. I mean, Michigan, yeah. Michigan in that era. Would have had another chance, but the problem with that era for Michigan was Notre Dame, Miami, and Florida State existed. All right, so they're what? all better. They lost to Florida State. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Miami. They lost to they all three all of those teams. Right, in they that, were in better that, in that time. Do you uh, my my notion about maybe being a step behind offensively through the years? Do you think that plays a role? Yeah. Why is it? Why are they ten and two? Besides that. Why are they a ten and two, nine and three program? I think they're Ohio they're State. a regional school in the Midwest, and they have to deal with Ohio State. That's a national school in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, I mean you have Ohio State, and Notre Dame on your schedule a lot. They, they, they Michigan goes and plays teams. I mean they went and played Alabama, as I said in the late eighties, early nineties. They played Florida State and Miami. They lost to them both. They're not totally hiding from people, you know. It's they don't. I mean they don't always have a great team, but they they usually have Notre Dame in there. So how many other teams do you want them to play yeah. outside the Big Ten? I don't know exactly why a program can win so many games and so few national titles, but I'm glad that that one is in that situation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is that now? You never hear me. You never hear no, me say no. that about any program, and I'm just kind of kidding because yeah. I thought it'd be funny, but. No, you're not. <laughs> if there, if there is, if there is one, if there is one program where I would speak out like that, I, this, I guess, would be it. I was renewed my feeling of that during the Revenge Tour last year when Notre Dame was undefeated, had beaten Michigan, they had a loss, and people were putting Michigan ahead of Notre Dame. I was like, you, get my, you know what? Just, no, that, just that's zip just, it. That's just, that's just, just ridiculous. Just, yeah. that's, just, that's just absurd. 
Anyway, we're out of questions. We had a whole bunch this weekend, and I did have to exclude some, but I think we probably ran pretty long today. We have predictions we do. before we cut away. I have it written right here in yeah. circle. But. Yeah. You better read it. That's right there. It says, you don't like our predictions. Uh, no, I just, I, I, it's right here in front of me. And I, maybe because I know I'm not going to, right. that's what right. it is. I know I'm not going to make mine right now. Uh, per, perhaps I am, I have been swayed by the uh, Four Horsemen Lounge this week. Um, <laughs> just not a healthy perspective on life at all. But I, I, on Monday when this podcast ended, I was, felt pretty likely that I was going to pick Michigan to win. Um, and now I've swung along with the the betting line to Notre Dame. I think that for all the intangible weird stuff that seems to happen uh, from games in Ann Arbor, I think Notre Dame's bye week and Michigan's playing at Penn State, are, those are not intangible things. Those are real things. Um, so I'm going to go with the real things and to being one point more important than the weird stuff and go with Notre Dame 24, Michigan 23. Cool. That'll be a, be a tough one. I am. Uh, I have a feeling Notre Dame is going to handle its business, but Michigan is better than they're giving me some credit for at home. Um, I'm more in the 27-21 range with Notre Dame at some point having that 10-point lead, but it just gets dicey. You know, it is. If you yeah. don't score more than three touchdowns, it gets dicey. I'm that was not. My point. Yeah, I'm, my style of game is it's no 10-point. It's a right. one-score game the whole time. My my. Feeling is if you don't score more than three touchdowns, it's going to be rough. And I see Notre Dame as a three-touchdown offense against good defenses. Uh, I think a crucial element to this, and trends can break, but it's not even the turnovers necessarily. You can play a turnover-free game, both of them. Notre Dame in the red zone with 17 touchdowns and 20 trips and never, never door, door not missing any of the three yet. And Michigan giving up 12 touchdowns and 16 red zone trips. Something's amiss, whether it's the crossing yeah. route Pete talks about that they'll hit him with. Notre Dame's great in the red zone, and Michigan's D has not been. And I think having watched a lot of Michigan this week in the red zone so far this year, I think, and maybe this is an easy thing to latch onto, and I'm not going to make a prediction, other than I think that until tomorrow. I think Josh Gaddis's inexperience as a coordinator, as a first-year coordinator, shows up in the red zone. I, I just when I when I You're when, on the other side of the ball then. I'm saying they're deep. No, no, up. I know. Yeah. No, I'm on the other well, they're struggling there. Yeah. They're like sixty percent. Right. And I think that his I think I wrote quote bag of tricks. I think his menu is a little limited right now just because he's inexperienced at doing it. So I I, I think that's a, a key factor and I'm not gonna predict the score until we come out with our previews tomorrow. And we appreciate everybody joining us and like these two guys, uh, I'm very excited to go to Ann Arbor Saturday night to see what happens when number 8 Notre Dame takes on number 19 Michigan. Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in Northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish industry. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit indianadunes.com.